and uh, we'll read a familiar passage of Scripture uh, that I know that has been read even in our Christmas play, but this is just what I feel like the Lord would have us to preach. Now, sometimes I don't always preach on seasons. I have to really feel led of God to do that, but uh, I do feel led uh, to just emphasize this time of the year, and uh, if you're here this morning and you're lost, then our prayer is, is that you'll come and be saved this morning. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 8, the Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away into the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at the th those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Our dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you once again for this day. Thank you for your blessings of life and for the good service thus far, for your presence, for the good singing, for the testimonies, for the opportunity to give and offering this morning. And I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray that you'll unctionize us and give us the liberty that we need. God, I pray you'll touch the message and speak to hearts. Lord, I, I know there's someone here that needs to be saved. And Lord, no doubt there's someone here that's struggling hard with sin. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd help them to get back right with you. And Father, for what you do, we love you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to preach this morning out of verse number 20. And I want to preach on this subject this morning on worshiping the Christ of Christmas. Worshiping the Christ of Christmas. You know, man, a lot of times during this time of the year will find a lot of things to draw his attention to and even worship, but <clears throat> the very thought of Christmas itself is about Christ. And when you <clears throat> come to this text this morning, just by <clears throat> way of introduction, I want you to notice here the men in our text in verse number eight, as the Bible said that they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, what I want you to notice about these men is that these men did not go seeking after God, but God brought the message to these men. These men were just simply doing what they were supposed to be doing, minding their own business, more earthly minded than what they were heavenly minded. And we see that they were lowly shepherds. But in verse number 9, I see the manifestation. As the Bible said that, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I'm telling you, listen, these men are watching these sheep they're keeping watch over their flock by night in the stillness and the blackness of that night and all of a sudden out of nowhere the glory of God begins to shine upon them well, I like it when the glory of God just shows up and shines on us amen I thought about in Sunday school this morning that's exactly what happened and while the choir was singing this morning the presence of God just out of nowhere many times will just show up and shine his glory upon us and so there is the manifestation but then in the next 
next verse, there's the message. Notice the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You know, when the glory of God manifests itself, there will always be a message. Amen? In other words, God didn't just show His glory just to be for no reason, but there's a purpose in mind. When we go to church and God manifests Himself and we enjoy the presence of God, there's always a message in the midst of that presence. Amen? I thought about the testimonies of people this morning. And how that whenever people was testifying that there was a message in the even in the testimonies, as Miss even Miss Linda said this morning, that in every testimony you heard something about salvation. And you could enjoy that. You could enjoy people's testimony. You could enjoy the presence of God. But there was still a message in that. Boy, I'm glad God has a message in 2016. I'm glad we can still hear from heaven in 2016 that God is still speaking to me on, that God is still talking to us in a personal manner and then so there's the message but also I see in verse number 11 the man as the Bible says for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. He is both Savior and he is Lord. Amen? And that's what the message is is about this man that is called Jesus and I see the manger in verse 12 as the Bible says and this shall be a sign unto you you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and so there is the message that was in this manger and there's the multitude in verse 13 and suddenly there was with them an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men so these angels this multitude of heavenly hosts begin to make heavenly music together and sing about the glory of God I'm telling you I like to go to church and be in the glory and the presence of Almighty God. I'm preaching on worshiping the Christ of Christmas. That's exactly what they're doing in this text. Listen, we've got on one side, we've got heavenly angels. On the other side, we've got earthly shepherds. But we've got the, the we've got the terrestrial and the celestial has come together for one purpose and one cause, and that's to worship the Christ of Christmas. And I see that what happened this worship, whenever these angels begin to give this message to these men, it puts them on a mission in verse number 15 as the Bible says that it came to pass that as the angels were gone from them into heavens the shepherds said one to another let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us do you know what worship will do this morning it'll cause you to go on a mission to see what you have experienced and what has been said when they got in the glory they wanted to go meet the man that was of the glory. I remember whenever I first went to church and got, after I got saved and I, I got in an old fashioned service and people was testifying and rejoicing a lot like this morning. You know what it did? It made, when I went home, it made me want to seek God even more. And that's what these shepherds are doing. They're seeking after Christ. And I think that's what we need in this hour. We need more men and more women, more boys and girls that will worship and seek after the Lord that we're preaching about this morning. I'm talking about worshiping the Christ of Christmas. I'm talking about in this season, this should only uh, exemplify something that we do throughout the year. Worship is very, very important. And when I see in this text, as the Bible said in verse number 16, that they came with haste, 
And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now watch this. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. Did you notice in verse number 17, the Bible did not say when they had saw him, but when they saw it. You say, what did, he, what, what did they see? What is the it that they saw? The Bible says in verse number 12, and this shall be a sign unto you. And you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. There was three things they was looking for. They was looking for a baby. And I'm sure it wasn't hard to find a baby in Bethlehem during those days. But they was looking for a baby in swaddling clothes. That probably wasn't an impossibility neither. But they were looking for a babe in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Now I'm going to tell you something. There wasn't too many babies wrapped up lying in mangers in Bethlehem. And so there's a sign. And when they saw those three things together, you know God likes to work in threes, doesn't he? Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, uh, body, soul, and spirit, uh, three piercings at Calvary, three crosses on a hillside. He just likes to work in threes. Uh, and he said, you'll find this sign. You'll find a babe that'll be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, when they saw this baby Jesus, two things happened. Number one, in verse number 17 and verse number 18, it caused them to witness. As the Bible said that they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all that heard it one at those things, watch this, which were told them by the shepherds. In other words, when they saw this babe, the first thing they wanted to do is they wanted to tell somebody else about him. Amen? And can I tell you, when you get saved, that's what you want to do. You want to tell other people what Jesus has done for you. It caused them to witness. But secondly, it not only called them to witness, but it caused them to worship. Worship is missing in a lot of our churches today. I'm not talking about charismatic worship. I'm not talking about fleshly worship. But I'm talking about a genuine worship where people love God and they just want to see Christ. You see what these shepherds do is they seek Jesus, they share Jesus, but then they, after they saw him, they shared him with others. But then I want to tell you something, they shouted over Jesus. Notice what the Bible said in verse number 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told of them. What we find in verse number 20 this morning is that these shepherds, when they saw Jesus after seeking him and seeing him, him, it caused it put something down in their heart that made them want to worship him even after they had left Bethlehem. You know, that's the, the way I want to worship the Christ of Christmas. Is I want to worship Christ when the tree's taken down and the presents are all put up and the Christmas songs are no longer being sung. I want a worship that goes beyond December the 25th. I want to worship that's year in and year out, don't you? And I, I believe if you're saved, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to just get mixed in with the hype and mixed in with all the emotions and all the festivities and things of that nature. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I want to worship that's real and a worship that's regular and a worship that's right. Amen. Brother, I want to worship God on a daily basis. And I want to tell you, God will be just as real at the house as he will the church house. He's just as good every morning as he is Sunday morning. I'm talking about they had a worship that they took home with them. 
In fact, there's four things I want to give you this morning concerning this thought of worshiping the Christ of Christmas and all four of them is found in verse number 20 concerning these shepherds. I want you to notice this about their worship. I want you to see the course of their worship. The Bible says in verse number 20 that the shepherds returned. Now they're going home and, and they're on a course. They were certainly on a course when they came to Bethlehem. They saw Jesus and now they're on another course and that's leaving Bethlehem and going back to their, their flock, their fields. That They were watching those sheep as they're going back. I want to say this. It's very plain to say that. You say, preacher, where are they going? It just simply put, they're on their way home. Amen. They've met Jesus and now they're on their way home. Can I tell you where I'm at this morning in my life in 2016? I've met Jesus and now I'm on my way home. Amen. I want to say, my friend, they're going in a different direction. And can I tell you, after I met Jesus Christ, uh, he changed my course uh, and he put me on a different path and direction in life. What I see here this morning is as they're going home, the journey is a whole lot sweeter going home than it was coming to Bethlehem. Do you know after you meet Jesus, the journey gets sweeter? I wouldn't trade places, listen, I wouldn't trade places with with the richest man on earth right now. I wouldn't trade places with a, with, with a superstar athlete, with a, with, a, with a rock singer, with a country singer. I wouldn't change, a, a, listen, I wouldn't trade places with a Hollywood actress or actor this morning. I wouldn't trade places, I surely wouldn't trade places with a politician, but I'm telling you, listen, it doesn't matter all the prestige and all the fame and all the popularity and all the, the things that the world has to offer this morning. I like that old song that Brother Danny sings, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather, my friend, have Jesus than fortune and fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. Doesn't it feel good this morning if you're saved and right with God? Don't it just feel good to be in church on a Sunday morning and know that you're going to heaven when this life is over with? I'm saying this morning that their course was a course of worship. Amen. You see, after we get saved, we're to do the same two things they do throughout all of our life, and that's to witness and to worship God. And sadly, most people think that the only time you're to witness and worship is you're to witness on Saturday morning visitation and you're to worship on Sunday at church. And that's a good thing and it's commendable, but that ought to just be an extension of our everyday life. God gives us opportunities every day to witness to people. He gives us opportunities every day to worship his name. And I want to tell you, worship ought to just be automatic. Worship ought to be something that we do every day. Worship ought to be in our heart. It ought to be something every morning that we get up and take our Bible and read and pray and we worship God. We ought to worship God Sunday. Ought to just be another day of worship in our life, not just a one time or two time a week thing. But I'm telling you, you'll never really know what true worship is until you you get on this course of worship and make it a daily activity in your life. I want everybody 50 and under to look at me this morning. I said this in Sunday school and I want to say it again. If you love your church and you're 50 and under, would you raise your hand? If you want to keep your church, keep your hand up. I'm going to tell you something this morning. You can put your hand down. I'm going to tell you something. This is my prayer for 2017. And I'm praying this for every family in this church and I'm praying it for families to come. If we don't get more spirit-filled, consecrated, young couples and Christians, you will not have the church 10 years from now that you have right now. 
I'm just telling you a fact, a reality. It don't matter how much preaching I do. It don't matter how many people attend this, build, this, this, this church. It doesn't matter how the size of this church. I'm telling you, if you want to keep what you got, there is a level of dedication amongst these older saints that I'm not seeing in young couples. And I'm talking about the best of our young couples in our church. I'm talking about the cream of the crop. I'm talking about in our church, there's an element of walking with God that misses in most people's life. I understand. I've heard every excuse. I've heard every explanation there is. Well, we just live in such a busy society. Well, we just it takes both to make an income. It takes both people. I've heard all them things, and, and I, I understand where we're at today. But why, listen, you need to understand what I'm trying to say to you this morning. There is, there, there is nothing, not society, not the way the world has shaped our society, not, listen, not, not, not your bills or anything else should take the place of your worship this morning. I mean, what I'm saying is if you're forfeiting because you work so many hours on the job that you don't read and pray and you're using that as your excuse not to read your Bible and pray, I'll tell you something, friend, you're not the first dad that's had to work a 12-hour shift. You're not the first mother that's had to uh, change diapers and sit up at night and take care of a sick child. But I'm looking at a gray-haired generation that they prayed over and wiped their nose and came onto the house of God and trusted the Lord. And now we've got a bunch of mothers today that if they get a sniffle, they stay at the house. Uh, or if it's it's too cold outside. They stay home. Whatever happened to just praying? I'm not talking about if they got the flu. I'm not talking about the running 103 degree temperature. I'm talking about a level of consecration and dedication not to the pastor, not to the church, but because you love Jesus so much, you really don't want to miss the house of God. You look at it, friend. There are people coming in here this morning that by all means, they shouldn't be here. But they're here, aren't they? And they'll be here tonight. And if they can put one foot in front of the other, they'll be here Wednesday night. I had a lady look at me and she said, Well, preacher, you just don't know. You've never been a mother. I said, Thank God. I said, But I've been married to one for a long time. You see, I'm talking about consecration. I'm talking about taking this thing seriously. I could stand some gray-haired saints up today and I'm not going to do that, but I could. That this is not something they do. This is all that they do. And I'll tell you something, this means everything to them. This church means everything to them. Hearing preaching means everything to them. They live to worship. They live to go to church. And you say, well, they're retired. Yeah, but you listen, they worked in factories and some of them, listen, some of them, listen, they drove old beat up cars. They didn't have the push button, air conditioned, cruise control, uh, listen, with leather seats that this generation has gotten. I'm gonna tell you something, they drove, listen, old bombers and went to work and worked factories and they and jobs and listen, they, they did what they had to to get by and they didn't have all the conveniences. Hey, they boiled bottles and they changed uh, uh, cloth diapers, amen, and washed them and got ready for church and still got to church on time and still came to worship God. You know why? Because it was everything to them. They didn't have, uh, no, listen, they didn't have Little League and everything else going on uh, and their kid wasn't in round a year, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, sports. I'm not against all that, but I'll tell you what I am against. I'm against you dissecting every area of your life that it takes away your desire to worship that even when you're here, you're not really here. You're thinking about what else you're going to do. Sunday is a day of rest, amen. 
Sunday is a day of worship and a day of rest doesn't mean lay up at the house and eat chicken that you can't see straight and sleep till the sun warps your feet. Amen? I'm going to tell you what it means. It means get up on Sunday morning and give God your Sunday. It means pray before you come to church. It doesn't mean lay in the bed till 9.30 and drag in for a church. Amen? About 10 after 11. I mean, listen, it means get up and listen, drink a cup of coffee. Amen? Eat a little bit of breakfast. Say a prayer. Get God on you. Read your Bible and come ready to go to church, amen. And am I preaching the truth? Man, I had a sweet message and it's just going in a whole different direction. Now I'm talking about, friend, we need some worship back in the house of God, but I'm not gonna pump it. I'm not gonna prime it. I've been in that kind of outfit. That's nothing but of the flesh. But I'm telling you, it got rich in here this morning. It got real this morning. You know why? Because this is what they live for. What are you living for this morning? What matters most to you in life? Does church mean everything to you? I've heard people say, well, I, you know, my family comes first. That's a cop-out, friend. I've raised my kids. I think I've reached the place I can make these statements now. I couldn't have before. But I have raised my kids. Me and my wife raised our kids with this one verse in mind. It's Joshua 24. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's been the prominent rule in our home. I told my girls, I said, you don't have to marry preachers. They both messed up and married preachers, didn't they? (laughs) I said, I'm not praying for you to marry a preacher. I'm not praying you won't, but I'm not praying for you. I I said, I'm praying. My prayer all of our life, we've said to them, is that our prayer is that you'll give God your best and serve the Lord all the days of your life. Nothing against education, not against that this morning, but I didn't care if they made a lot of money in life. I want to serve God. I want Jesus to be real. I don't want them to have mom and dad's religion. I want them to have their own religion. I want to have something that's real to them. But in order to do that, you young people hear me this morning. I'm never going to finish this message, but you hear me this morning. In order to do that, they've got to see a reality of God at home. It's got to be real at home. And I've taught them, nothing comes before your church. Nothing. You come to church, you're faithful to church, you be there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you go to every revival meeting, you go to every every mission conference, you go to everything your church has. Listen, you move heaven and earth to get to church, you may get there and it may seem like you didn't get nothing, but I told them, I've taught, we've raised them that way, friend. And my family's been first. But I've taught them church is first. We go on vacation, we went to church. I told them church, 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 church. Church is everything. Going to the, the house of God with people and worshiping Sunday morning, Sunday night. I know that's the extreme for some of you. And I know, listen, some will say, well, you're just being a fanatic. And I want to tell you something, friend, just leave me alone. I've been in this old time way long enough. And thank God, God graced me enough to let me rub some uh, shoulders with some men and women, some godly people. I know it's real, Brother Jack, and I'm not going to change on it. If we're going to keep a spiritual church, we've got to have consecrated Christians. That's right. You get to church no matter what on Wednesday night. The course of worship. 
You come on. You fulfill your responsibilities. You be dedicated. You be there. You be somebody the church can depend on. I watch people come in this church. I, I've watched some of these ladies walk up this up this choir up at these steps into the choir, and I think to myself, they don't even need to be up here. They're not coming up them steps for me. They're not coming up them steps for the church. They just keep coming. Because they want to sing one more service. And then I look out across the congregation and I see healthy bodies. Oh, I'm preaching this morning, ain't I? I'm preaching to the choir and I'm preaching about the choir, ain't I? (laughs) But I see people sitting out there and you say, well, preacher, I got a kid. Throw it on your hip and come up here and sing. Throw him or her, not it. You know what I'm saying. Sometimes they're an it, aren't they? Where's Where's that level of commitment? When they used to throw them babies on their hip and say, we're going to the choir. Bless God, we're going to raise them in the choir. Amen. Well, they might act up. Well, there's an exit door. You can take them out and paddle their tail real good and teach them don't cry cry in the choir. Somebody say amen. Talking about worship. They'll shout and you'll shout and we'll all have a good time. Hey, where is that generation? Well, we have been educated and, and, and influenced by this world and we have become so soft. Uh, you say, preacher, are you just ranting? No, I'm preaching to you this morning. I'm telling you, friend, if we don't get back to what we've had down through the years and if you don't hear this kind of preaching on a regular basis, you're going to wake up one morning and you're going to look around and your church is going to be gone. It's going to be dead. It'll dry up on the vine one service at a time. The course is that they returned. I, I won't preach these other thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm done. But there is the content of their worship. They were glorifying and praising God. It was vocal and visible. You could hear them going back. And they were glorifying God. They were praising God. They just saw Jesus. And they were going back and as these shepherds are making their way through the night, through the lonely darkness of the night down that dusty road, I'm telling you, all they can talk about is what they've seen. All they can talk about is him, that babe and that manger and that sign and how that God had graced them to see the glory of God to shine upon them. Boy, I'm telling you, listen, their cup was running over and they was visibly, uh, listen, vocalizing what they had seen. They were glorifying and praising God. I'm telling you, friend, that ought to be, my friend, the, the content of our worship is that when we come, we should come on purpose to glorify and to praise God. You've got to put your cell phone up to do that. Somebody say amen. You got to get off Facebook. Amen. You got you to gotta, you gotta get in the service to get something out of the service. Isn't that right? That means you got to nod your head, smile, say amen, not be mad at a brother or sister in church. If you're really going to worship, you got to be ultra sensitive and not let anything between your soul and the Savior, not let something rob you of worshiping God. Not listen, get, don't get your mind on your job. Don't get your mind on your problems. Come to church and set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. And God will help you in your worship. Can't be about you. It's got to be about him. I like testimonies, but when we talk about ourselves, God gets no glory out of it. Now, I've been in churches where God would be moving and somebody would get up and give a big, long story about themselves. And the service just went in a tank. Am I telling the truth? You know why that is? 
Because there's so much in this Bible to talk about Him. Why would I want to talk about me anyway? Is that right? I'm talking about the, the content of their worship, the course of their worship, the cause of their worship. Why were they worshiping? For all the things that they had heard and that they seen. Can I say this? I know that worshiping God ought to be based on faith and truth, and I believe that today, but I am glad I can stand here this morning and say that in 28 years of being saved, I've heard and I've seen some things. How many of you this morning can say you've heard and seen some things? I've, I've seen God do things for people. I've seen God do things for me. I've seen Him answer prayers just in the nick of time when I needed Him. I was thinking one day I, I went out in the backyard and sat down and asked God to do three things for me, Brother Jack, three major things in my life. And this doesn't happen. I don't know if this has ever happened in my whole Christian life. But in that afternoon, it was on a Wednesday night prayer meeting, I, before prayer meeting service, I went in the backyard. I was so, so despondent, so, so on bottom. I mean, I was facing three things. I mean, the, at those moments, the devil will make you think he's just got you in the corner. I went out there and I sat down. I said, God, looked up in the sky. I said, God, I need help. Would you do this? And would you do this? And would you do this? I said, I know these are all... These are all major things, but if you don't fix them all, it's going to be trouble on my trail. Do you know that in 24 hours, God answered all three of those requests? Brother Jaron, it ain't always been that way. But I'll tell you what he was doing. He was sitting in heaven just waiting for me to get to the place where I just cry, Abba, Father. And I'm telling you on the wings of a snow-white dove, hallelujah, he came down and touched and took care of every one of them. I'm glad, thank God, you can ring the bells of heaven. Prayer really, really, really does work this morning. I'm glad he does have a listening ear. He does have a hand that'll reach down. Sometimes he'll slap the devil out of the way and push all the hell back when it looks like it's about to all cave in on you. If you're just one prayer away from God, stepping down into your nothing and doing something, friends. And I see here the cause of worship's what they had heard and seen. Miss Cape, I thought about you in this. I remember one time when you'd had a bad report and we prayed and the doctor said it's bad and it looks like it's not going to be and God just miraculously answered and you, you came back to church on Wednesday night and the church rejoiced because he answered prayer. And then I see the confirmation of their worship. Notice why they're rejoicing what they've heard and seen because the Bible says as it was told unto them. You know why they're worshiping God the most? Is because everything that heaven told them came to pass exactly the way heaven told them. And I'm going to tell you every bit of our worship ought to be based on one thing this morning. The Word of God. I don't worship God just when I feel like it. I worship Him when I don't. I don't worship Him just when I can see Him. I worship Him when I can't see Him. I don't worship Him just when everything's going my way. I worship Him sometimes when it seems like everything has went the opposite. You say, well, what would make you do that? Because at the end of the day, no matter what my life looks like or how I feel, I know one thing. I know this book can be trusted because it's been tested. Thank God our worship is not based on feelings. It's based on a fact. 
Sometimes you just got to get you a promise, grab hold of it real tight, step out and say, Lord, I can't see you and I don't know what you're doing, but I'm trusting you and I'm believing you and you've never let me down and you've never failed me and I'm just going to worship you in spite of how I feel, in spite of what I see. And I'm going to tell you something, God will help you the most in those times of worship than any others. We stand this morning. How about it today? I want to ask you this question. Our heads are about eyes are closed. Christians are praying. I want to ask you a question that came to my mind this morning. The Holy Spirit asked me this as I was preparing for the service. I want to ask you just one question. It's the only proposition. My question this morning is this. Are you a consecrated Christian? Are you dedicated? Is church everything to you? How how important is your place of worship and the opportunity that God gives you to come here week in, week out? Is it something that you treat lightly? Is it something that you, you take for granted? Or is this place real? Does this place mean... How important is this? I ask you that. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with the Spirit this morning? You can be. You can be this morning. It's simple. It's just surrender. Have you give your heart to this world and you no longer long for God? How about it this morning? Brother David's going to sing and while he sings, if you need to come, would you mind the Lord while he sings? You have longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase. Oh, there's joy in it this morning. Have have earnestly, fervently. Have you surrendered your will to God's will? How about it today? But you cannot have rest. That's right. Or be perfectly blessed. Are you dedicated this morning? Until all on thee. Altar is laid. While we're singing church, if you need to come, would you come? Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Your heart, yes, that the spirit, the spirit control. Oh, listen to this. You can only be blessed. That's right. And have peace and sweet rest as you give him your body and soul. Hear me this morning before we sing another verse. Let me say this. You know, this morning I was just, I planned on just in my mind preaching, thinking this would just be a good encouraging uplift, and I believe it was, but throughout this message, the Holy Spirit just kept burdening my heart that there's probably somebody or someone's that you need to get right with the Lord this morning. Don't put that off. And don't let the devil, don't let the devil deceive you into thinking that there's something better out there than what you have right now. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, if you believe that, all you have to do is go visit some people that has tried and ask them. Ask some people in this building this morning that has left this place of worship and has tried this world only to find out that it's, 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 it's a counterfeit. 
Don't let the devil deceive you this morning. Whatever's in your heart, let God clean it out while we sing this verse. Would you get right with God as we sing? Would you walk with you the Lord? He's been too good to in you. In the light of his word. You think about what he's and done. Have he's peace and contentment always. You must do his sweet will. Yes. To be free from all ill. On the altar your all you must lay. Amen. Let's sing it, church. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice lay? Yes. Your heart that the Spirit control. You can only be blessed. Yes. And have peace and sweet rest. As you yield him your body and soul.